Time now for super psychologist, Dr. Mara Carpell, and your golden years. Welcome to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years this evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time, and that's 8, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com and now on Apple Podcasts. And today is Sunday, April the 26th. 2020, and I'm psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell, and I'm coming to you live from isolation in beautiful Austin, Texas, and I hope that you're all staying safe wherever you are. Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program, is here to make the show run smoothly as usual. And we have another great show in store for you this evening. In a little while after the break, we'll be joined from New York City, from the New York City area, by Dr. Jean Devine, clinical psychologist and chief clinical officer of the Psych Associates Group, and Dr. Arnetta McKenna clinical psychologist and director of operations of the Psych Psych Associates Group, um, which is a group of clinical psychologists that bring psychology services to long-term communities in and around the New York City metropolitan area. And they're joining us to give us the real story about what's happening in the nursing facilities in the New York City area with regard to COVID-19 as well as how the residents, the families, the staff, and the psychologists are dealing with the stress of what's happening there. And maybe they can also give us some insight into how we can all deal with this situation no matter where we are. And then later in the program, I will discuss how to find our way out of depression that some might feel while in isolation. And throughout this program, we will have time to take your questions. So if you have any questions or comments for me or for my guests, please feel free to give a call. The toll-free number is 855-345-4720. That's 855-345-4720. Or you can email your questions to me, and I will read them on the air to my guests. The email address is Dr. Mara, that's a D-R-M-A-R-A, at drmarakarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com. And if you do have a question for my guests, please be sure to call or email while they're still on the air with me so they can answer the questions. And you can hear this evening's program again by going to my website, and the link to the podcast will be posted later tonight along with any website links that are discussed on the program. And that's at drmaracarpel.com. And you can hear the podcast in as soon as five minutes after the show ends by going directly to Blog Talk Radio. That's B-L-O-G, talkradio.com slash your golden years. And you can also listen on Apple Podcasts after the show. And for information from previous programs, to listen to previous programs, to um, read my blog, to find out about my book, to watch videos, all of that, you can go to the one-stop shop, drmaracartel.com, and you can also hear all of the previous programs that we have done here on Blog Talk Radio um, for the last six plus years by going to blog talk radio b l o g talkradio.com slash your golden years and you, all of the shows are also on apple podcasts and to find out what's happening on future programs and to find out about upcoming events and find out when my blogs post you can follow me on facebook dr mara Corpel, your golden years this evening's program was, is produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by Dr. Ronald DeVere, um, the author of the book, Memory Loss, Everything You Want to Know But Forget to Ask, and also sponsored by Story House. 
And we're going to take a brief break. Don't go anywhere because we have a we. It's a very brief break, and we have a great show coming up in store for you as soon as we are back with words from our sponsors. Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors. Worried about memory loss? Dr. Ronald DeVere, certified neurologist and director of Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders in Lakeway, has been helping those with dementia and memory loss for over 12 years, specializing in the diagnosis, treatment, and counseling of those with memory loss and dementia. Dr. DeVere also has a book to reduce your worry and fear by knowing the fact. Memory loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. Available now on Amazon.com. Dr. Ronald DeVere, Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders center in Lakeway, and his book, Memory Loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call 512-261-7909. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. All right, and we are back. And if you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And now joining us on the phone from New York, the New York City area, I have both Drs. Jean Devine and Dr. Arnetta McKenna, both clinical psychologists, and Dr. Devine is the Chief Clinical Officer at Psych Associates, and Dr. McKenna is Director of Operations of Psych Associates. And they're joining us to talk about what's happening there in New York City and the nursing homes and in the New York City area with regard to COVID-19. Welcome, Jean and Arnetta. Good to be here. Good to be here. Thank you Um, for having us. Yeah, so just so you know, when we speak like this, there's a slight delay. So it's just good to keep that in mind. Um, so why don't we start off with your backgrounds, what you guys do. Maybe we can start with you, Jean. Maybe you can tell us what you do and what is Psych Associates and then Arnetta. Okay. I am a clinical psychologist. I have a PhD in clinical psychology. I've been a psychologist for more years than I want to admit to probably, uh, (laughs) like 35 years. And I have, in my recent career, the last 20 years, I've been specializing in geriatric psychology and primarily consulting in long-term care and short-term rehab settings, which up here we call nursing homes. Okay. And how about you, Arnetta? I, as well, I am a clinical psychologist, and I have a background in long-term care. Um, As Dr. Devine said, I've been doing this a little bit longer than I care to admit as well. I worked (laughs) for many years with people with developmental disabilities and then transitioned into geriatric um, psychology and work with people in the nursing home setting. Okay, so full transparency here. You both work with the company that I used to work with back when I was in New York, Psych Associates. Um, And maybe you can fill our listeners in on what that is. I'll do that. Um, First of all, everyone should know that Mara was my first supervisor at Psych Associates. Okay. (laughs) Um, And she taught me a lot of what uh, I still use today. And um, Psych Associates is a group of psychologists who uh, work primarily with people who are older um, or who have disabilities, who are in care of some sort, uh, typically nursing homes, also people with short-term rehab issues that go into the rehab units temporarily. And we also do provide some psychological care for Um, people living in the community who are also older, and they're connected to community day programs that we're connected to. So we're consultants, and we go all different nursing homes all in the area. 
Mm-hmm. So, so the two of you are really, you know, the reason that I, I reached out to you um, at this particular time is because the two of you are really right in the middle of the epicenter of this, of this pandemic, really. And, and you're on the ground and you see what's going on. And, you know, I know the nursing homes are being hit the hardest. Um, so, you know, for people outside the area, maybe you can kind of fill us in on, on what you're seeing. Okay, I can start with that. Um, I do lend a lot of support um, in the actual nursing homes, and uh, I, I know that we hear over and over again um, the phrase, it's unlike anything we've experienced. Um, and I, I just have to say that uh, it, it is unlike anything we've experienced. This pandemic uh, has really impacted every area of our lives, and it is seen very clearly in the nursing homes. And I, I, I want to start really with focusing on the residents and the, the direct impact and what we're seeing and talk a little bit about some of the ways people are trying to overcome some of the obstacles. So, for, for most people probably are aware that nursing homes, when the virus really started to uh, increase in terms of the number of cases, nursing homes, uh, they stopped uh, allowing visitation. So families were no longer allowed to come in. They stopped having volunteers that come in that provide pet therapy and other types of uh, entertainment and recreational activities for the residents. All of that stopped. The activities within the residence, the group activities uh, within the nursing facilities, those stopped as well. Uh, residents were no longer able to go from unit to unit or room to room and visit their friends. And communal dining in the, in the dining room where people would get together and, and talk and share pictures and stories, uh, that stopped as well. So little by little, um, the lives that people were very comfortable living, the routines that they had, the activities they participated in, the closeness that they shared with their families, that all stopped. It really uh, kind of went away, and they were left feeling very isolated and actually being quite isolated physically from their, from their families, from their friends. While all of that was happening, they were also witnessing their peers their loved ones at home perhaps, uh, staff on their units and throughout the facility developing symptoms of the virus and, and coming down with the virus. And unfortunately, they also have gone through uh, seeing some of their peers uh, pass away from the virus. And so residents have a lot of feelings of isolation. Uh, they're missing their family. They're missing those connections with peers they're grieving the loss of peers that have passed away mm -hmm. and unable to um, participate in any type of ritual to say goodbye, uh, un unable to attend any type of service, as we all, uh, none of us are able to. And, and that's really mm -hmm. impacting, impacting people tremendously. Um, the, that um, being let me, said, I'm, go ahead. Let me break in. I just want to um, also say, along with that isolation comes a greater burden on the staff. The staff mm -hmm. are not used to carrying the entire emotional weight of the patient's needs because families tend to be involved with our residents in most of our nursing homes. And although we have, you know, death and dying experience, it's certainly not an uncommon event in nursing homes in general, and there are uh, nurses and, and ourselves that specialize in helping families and, um, you know, process the, the, the transition between life and death. But this is so different because when you're mm -hmm. helping a family go through a death process, you, you're not afraid you're going to die. You're not afraid that you're going to get sick from this. Um, you're just focused on them and what you can do for them. And what you're doing is really helping the family not bearing the burden that the family would normally bear. So, in other words, staff is stepping up and being the families for patients, and mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. quite a burden for them. Yeah, and, and, you know, do you see a lot of anxiety, a lot of 
uh, fear that, you know, who's next? Absolutely. There is a tremendous amount of fear. There is a tremendous amount of worry in terms of, is this going to happen to me? Um, uh, If it happens to me, will I just get sick? Will I be able to stay here at the nursing home? Will I go to the hospital? Um, if there, there's also residents whose family members, their, their adult children have become sick. Uh, many of their children are in health care or are first responders and have gotten sick and have been hospitalized. And so the, the anxiety is really um, at a very high level. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, because they are cut off from the physical contact and the day-to-day routines um, that sometimes serve as a distraction. Often they are watching a lot of what's going on on the media and watching a lot Mm -hmm. of news, and that is just fueling that fire and creating, uh, really exacerbating the anxiety. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then there's the depression. We see that too. Um, Yes. Kind of a... Uh, there's there's <laughs> there's not a lot of joy in life right now, and trying mm-hmm. to find a way to, you know, focus on the small things. I call them the strawberries. Um, you know, if you can block everything out and just think about how sweet the strawberries are that you're eating, that you know, mm-hmm. staying in the moment and finding a sweet spot in a moment. Um, but it's it's very difficult to hold on to that. Um, for especially for our elders and for our staff because they are so stressed and and after a while the there's the anxiety gives way to a pervasive feeling of helplessness and hopelessness which feeds into um, a kind of depression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Jean mentioned strawberries. I, I wanted to spend a little time talking about some of the efforts. Um, that are that are going on uh, in terms of mm-hmm. trying to to make things a little more bearable uh, for the residents. Uh, there has been an outpouring of support from community members, local businesses, um, free meals coming in for staff, uh, mm-hmm. letters po- pouring in from students who are homeschooling, who are writing letters to uh, healthcare workers, uh, sending emails that are then being printed out and, and read to the, the nurses and the aides and all of the, the entire staff. There are staff who are volunteering uh, during and after their shifts are over to read letters to residents who are blind or who are not able to, um, you know, for other reasons, not able to, uh, to read letters that may be coming into them. And, you know, often family members were coming and visiting, and now they're not able to do so. So a lot of families are writing. They're sending emails. They're sending mm-hmm. letters. And staff are taking time out to go and read these letters to the residents and sharing, you know, oftentimes family members sharing memories or happy stories or jokes. And so we're seeing a lot of a lot of letter writing, a lot of emailing, um, Families coming at certain times, and the staff are arranging to have the resident uh, seated near a window, and and the staff, uh, the, mm. the, the family members can wave and blow kisses and and hold signs up that you know we love you, we miss you, um, this is this this will be over soon, this too shall pass. Lots of quotes, lots of artwork, decorating the halls. Um, so there's an outpouring of support, Zoom family visits, uh, FaceTime, anything that we can that we can think of to connect the, the 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 residents with their families. You know, we're seeing a lot more of that. One of the nursing homes even had a, a DJ playing, you know, Sinatra hits in the courtyard, mm. and all of the residents could hear the music and sing along. You know, through their windows, they could hear it. And and so there's a lot nice. of that happening. Um, local fire departments coming through in the evening to salute the uh, the staff, but also to wave to the residents and and all with signs and balloons, <coughs> just trying to um, to to focus on those strawberries, as as Jean called it. That's very nice. Those, I that, think it's so I, important. I would imagine. Yeah, I would imagine that that really makes a difference. Huge, and I think one of the things that our 
our staff are feeling is that, um, you know, and rightly, um, the emergency room, you know, professionals and the hospital professionals are being seen as our heroes. They're saving lives. They're doing, Mm -hmm. you know, immense work under great pressure. But somehow the nursing homes have been getting sort of a bad rap and that the and the the staff of the nursing homes are feeling very like you know what about us so i see some of our nursing homes have you know posted a big sign as you come in the drive um up to the nursing home it says um you know welcome our heroes um thank you for mm-hmm. coming back to work you know that kind of thing i've got a city nursing home that um has right by where people come in and, you know, everybody gets screened. When you come in, you get your your temperature checked and you're asked a series of questions about symptoms. And if you're clear, then you're allowed to go, go ahead and gown up and go take care of patients. But while they're doing that process, there's signs about how many people have recovered because we're so mm-hmm. focused on how many people, what are the numbers, how many people have died. The numbers of people who have recovered keep going up too. So it's just, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit mm-hmm. of, a, of a balance for that and to reinforce that their work is not hopeless and, and they aren't helpless. And um, they're really all doing their best under incredibly difficult circumstances in the nursing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, so, so, I mean, I guess I'm wondering what can be done for the staff because it's such a, uh, like you said, it's so, you know, uh, the signs are wonderful and that sort of thing, but it's so incredibly stressful. Um, and I know they're One, scared. You know, my my mom is in assisted living and the staff has told me on the phone that they're scared for their own lives. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And And I personally know of more than one uh, nursing assistant who has passed away. Um, having mm-hmm. uh, gotten the the illness while they were at work and contracted it working, trying to take right. care of other people, and then passed away themselves. So it's not a complete, it's rare, but it's not a completely unreasonable fear to have. What about me? Mm-hmm. And um, I think one of the things, you know, there's many things that we're trying. This is just such an immense challenge that, everything we try sort of pales in comparison to the challenge, which is why being mindful and focusing in on specific moments is helpful for people. Uh Um, One Uh of the things I work with staff on is creating a boundary separation between work and home. And part of that (laughs) involves the decontamination ritual, as we call it, uh, where, you know, they go take a shower and all of that once they're home. And sort of how do you switch gears from um, where everybody's sick to, to your home life and kind of turn it off so you can sleep? It's, it's, those techniques are really important mm-hmm. for people. We've also set up a, um, a support line. Psych Associates has set up a support line, and it's really for anyone in the community, but we've been sort of um, putting it out to the staff of our homes primarily um, to try and give them a place to, to turn, someone to talk to anonymously, confidentially, um, to to talk about what they're experiencing and, and to debrief it. Because one of the most powerful techniques in dealing with anyone who is experiencing trauma is to be able to let them talk about it, to be able to let Mm -hmm. them debrief it. And we're all kind of in it together because some of us are in the trauma. Some of us are being vicariously traumatized just by watching the news, even if you're not in the healthcare system. So it's, it's Mm -hmm. taking care of each other, I think is really really important and reminding them that they're resilient and that, you know, yes, this too shall someday pass. So, so Jean, could, do you have that number in case there are people in the New York area listening? Sure. Sure. I can give you that number right now where, um, and we're going to be adding a second number and possibly an email address so we can update it as we do that. Um, right now, uh-huh. the uh, the number is two one two 
855-851-8101. Okay. And you'll right. get because mm-hmm. you'll get a voicemail usually or sometimes one of the office staff will be able to answer the phone. And um, we're all working from home these days, so technology being what it is, transferring the phone calls around. And um, But we'll just take a, a name and a, and a phone number and a good time to call you back, and then the psychologist gets the message, and the psychologist calls you back on the at the time that you requested. Okay. And that's for anybody in the community in the New York City area yeah. or Westchester area? Yes. Yeah. So actually, anybody in New York State. We can provide services okay. to anyone in New York State. It's telemedicine, mm-hmm. so we can provide it to anyone in New York State. And then we can okay. also, um, you know, really encourage our, our health care um, professionals to be calling um, to debrief. Mm-hmm. Right, right. That's so important. Very. So important. Um, okay. So... You know, I think one of the things that I have found in in this whole thing, you know, my mom is up there, so, you know, I have a personal stake in this as well as, as, you know, as well as the fact that there are people here sick too, that people, you know, everybody forgets that, you know, it's everywhere. And and the nursing homes here have lost some of their residents and also a, a staff member recently who's in the news here. Um, and, and one of the things that I have found is that in talking about it, if people have compassion and believe it, <laughs> rather than trying to downplay it, it actually helps. Very right? much. You know, you talked about Yeah. Very much. I think that... So, the whole downplaying of um, of it, you know, you know, don't don't overreact. It's not going to be so bad. Kind of, um, I know for the nursing homes, we were not clear on the fact that it can be transmitted through the air, and that the droplets that from your just talking, not just even coughing, cover your mouth, cough in your elbow, um, that just speaking carries the droplets, mm-hmm. and the droplets hang in the air for quite some time, as it turns out. So you can walk through a cloud of somebody's droplets and get the the virus that way. Um, you know, the masks that we wear, we typical PPE for uh, nursing homes is, you know, you'll put on a mask for certain procedures pre-COVID. Um, you might put on a gown. You certainly put on gloves. And but now the and so we everybody was was masked and putting on gowns and using gloves um, from from the earliest moment in time. But there was a number of asymptomatic carriers that we now know um, must have been carrying it. That the CDC's guideline to us was if you don't have symptoms, you can go to work because you're an essential worker. So somebody without symptoms, that doesn't necessarily mean they're without the virus. And then if you're talking to colleagues, we would only mask and gown up initially for the patients, not for each other. Mm-hmm. And now the PPE, right. the correct PPE, is usually uh, some sort of um, gown, sometimes two, um, a bonnet for your hair, a covering for your hair, uh, glasses or uh, goggles. Um, a a N95 mask covered by a surgical mask, and some people even have a face shield, and then some people double glove, and uh, it's it's so much more than what we're typically used to in a nursing home to be able to protect ourselves from this virus. Mhm, mhm. Right, right. So. <sighs> So any suggestions for people listening for how to deal with this or or how they can help um, in places where you're really having a lot of, uh, of outbreaks of this virus and so much stress? Or, you know, do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, I, I think that um, first and foremost you had mentioned compassion, and I think that we have to – 
all understand that everybody is under a tremendous amount of stress, and we have to uh, know what our own boundaries are. Uh, we have to know what our limits are, and, and when we feel that we need help, uh, I think people need to be comfortable reaching out and utilizing any offer of help or support. Uh, if you are in a situation where you are able to give or lend help or support to a nursing home or to someone in need, there are so many organizations um, that are out there in every area and anything from needing people to make cloth masks um, to uh, local restaurants, you know, sending in food or students writing letters, if there's anything that you wanted to do, I think that the thing to do would be contact um, the the local entity in your area and ask what their areas mm -hmm. of need are and how you could lend support. The, the thing that I've been struck by the most is how much support there is and how willing people are to accept it. Uh, you just see things that you've never seen before. I've been in homes where you know, we have costume designers from high schools that have been closed who are making cloth masks for both residents and uh, staff. There are uh, people helping in ways that you can't even imagine. So if someone is in a place where they're feeling that they can lend assistance, it will be welcomed, um, it will be accepted. And um, on the mm. flip side, if you're in a place where you're feeling that you need to be the recipient of some support, there's a lot of support out there. There are Jean gave our number, but there are also um, other areas that people, uh, if they're needing support in terms of uh, food, um, you know, there's a lot of outreach going on, and there are a lot of resources. So I think my biggest tip would be to know your boundaries, know your stressors, know when you need help. Um, and also when you need to uh, take care of yourself. One of the things we didn't spend too much time talking about is how do you care for yourself when you are a mm -hmm. healthcare worker or you're going into a nursing home every day? And and it's 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 a different kind of work than it was before. It's it's not uh, it's just very different right now. And we will get back to something that's much closer to what we're used to. But right now. We're still in a bit of a crisis, and and so I think that if people can be aware of that and take some time to um, focus on things that bring them joy, uh, even for small moments of the day, uh, get out and do some type of physical exercise, which we all know helps with uh, you know, anxiety and depression. If you can, you know, get out and 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 participate in some movement on any level, and remember that we're none of us are truly alone in this. We're all really going through a very difficult time together. And while it may be affecting each of us very differently, there's not a person I know that's untouched by this. And so I mm -hmm. think that remembering those will those those things will definitely help. Absolutely. Find those strawberries for yourself. Yes. And yes. and and that doesn't mean vegging out endlessly on your day off in front of a computer screen or or television or um drinking too much or you know other substances um food all of that not sleeping enough all of those things that we tend to do when we're stressed that aren't good for us we really need mm -hmm. to try really hard to do the things that are good for us and things like meditation, spiritual practices, whatever, if you have a spiritual practice, whatever it is, research says that if you have a spiritual practice and you use it, it helps tremendously and it doesn't matter what the spiritual practice is. If it's what is familiar and comforting to that person, it'll help. You know, mm -hmm. anything that you can, you can find to do that's healthy, then that's where you go. And then in between, look for your strawberries so you can have, you know, moments of time that life is still good in this little moment. Great advice. <laughs> Great advice. And I think that people, caregivers especially, forget about taking care of themselves. And I think right now is like it's critical to take care of yourself. Absolutely. And people Absolutely. need to... Learn these skills now as we're going through this because the expectation is that we're not going to be done for a while with this. And it may ebb and flow. So it may look like it's getting better and then it could get worse again. So whatever mm -hmm. you need 
whatever you're struggling with now, when things are better, put the things in place that you need to be able to do better the next when the next wave hits. So we're learning a lot from this first wave of what we need that when the wave dies down, we can put in place so we're more prepared if and when it happens in a second wave. Yeah, good point. Good point. I think we're all going to get really good at meditating. And <laughs> yeah, right. Agreed. If you, if Have a dance party on Zoom with your friends. Blast the music right. and dance your heart out. Whatever works. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Well, thank you both so much for joining me and discussing this. It's, you know, it's really, I know it's such a stressful time for people, and they really need to hear what's happening and how you guys are dealing with it right there where, you know, the stress is the most. And, you know, so we can all take, you know, advice from you and follow your model because that's it's really important. Um, and I'm going to post that that number that you gave where people can receive some assistance by phone with telemedicine. Um, yeah. So, and I'm sure there are, there are numbers all around the country as well. So I'll, I'll take a look and see if I can find that, but that's for New York state. So, um, all right. Thank you so much again. Stay safe. Stay Thank well. Thank you. Stay healthy. And, and maybe, Stay home. Yes. Yes, stay home. And then, you know, maybe sometime you can come back in the future when things have have really calmed down and let us know how you're all doing really well. (laughs) Yeah, I'd love to. Definitely. We look forward to that. Thank you so much. All right. All right. Have a good night. Good night. Good night. Bye now. Good night. All right. We're going to take a brief break. Um, We have more to come, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaracarpel.com. All right, and we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And I'm going to, you know, kind of piggyback on what Dr. Devine and McKenna was saying about self-care and taking care of ourselves because I think it's, you know, during this time, whether you're in a situation where there is a lot of um, stress around you because the, you know, there are people you're working in a place with this virus going around or living in a place where there's a high incidence of this virus or you have a family member who's sick or is a healthcare worker and you, you fear for them, or if you're far away from the situation then and, and you're home and you're safe but you're you know you know that you're stuck at home um for a while i think that depression can set in and um as as dr divine was saying that you know the stress over time can cause depression but also the other part of it and and i think it was dr mckenna who was talking about the residents Social isolation causes depression as well. So um, so I want to talk about how to deal with that depression. And um, we're, none of us is immune to it, okay? You can be uh, very spiritual. You can be very, you can be a mental health professional. And we're all going to, we're all affected by it because this is a reality that we are all living in. And I think that that's part of the thing that does help, and I think they mentioned that as well, knowing that we are all in this together helps. 
it, you know, it helps us to know that there's not something wrong with us. We're feeling stressed out, feeling anxious, feeling scared, or feeling down and depressed. It's not something that's wrong with us. This is a, uh, this is a reality that we're all dealing with, and it is a situation that causes that can cause anxiety and depression. But the good news is that we don't have to stay feeling that way. We can we can decide, you know, we can decide to do things to help ourselves to feel better. Uh, knowing that we're all dealing with the same thing helps. And um, and as they mentioned, reaching out for help if we feel like we cannot care of it ourselves, that we really are are so overwhelmed. Reaching out for help. There's a lot of help out there. There are a lot of um, psychologists that are doing telemedicine. There are hotlines. Um, I'm constantly seeing commercials on television right now about numbers that you can call. And I'm going to um, do a little research and put some of those numbers on the website post this evening in addition to the number um, that they mentioned for telemedicine in New York State. And um, but there are national numbers as well, and there are local numbers, and there are just hotlines where you can just call and talk to somebody, just you know, and and not have ongoing counseling if all you need is uh, you know a one-time um, discussion with someone to just listen. Um, so knowing that you're not alone, reaching out for help. The other part of it, and um, and this goes to what they were saying as well, is turning the situation into something meaningful where you can create meaning in your life by helping other people. Um, the quickest way to get out of a depression is when we do something for someone else. And that's, that doesn't count caregivers who are always doing something for someone else. But if we're sitting at home feeling really helpless, and all of this is going on around us and we really feel like we, you know, we have no impact on all the stress in the world or we're feeling really lonely and we're feeling sorry for ourselves, the quickest way to get ourselves out of that state of mind is to do something to help someone else. And um, like they mentioned, you can reach out to organizations and be part of their effort to help people. You can, you know, maybe help in making masks or donating money or donating food. Um, or you can write letters. You know, there, you find out who's writing letters to people in nursing homes and to the staff and to the healthcare workers. Or you can write letters to someone that you know in a nursing home or um, or someone that you know is a healthcare worker. Or you can uh, call someone that you, who you know who you wonder how they're doing because they live alone and, and you fear that perhaps they might be depressed. Um, that can be almost an instantaneous way to get yourself out of a depressed mood. The other part of getting out of depression, you know, we're, we're, we're socially isolated. So socializing is really important. And I don't mean getting together with friends and, and spreading the virus. But as uh, Dr. Devine mentioned, you can get on Zoom if you have the ability with your computer to do that, you can get on Zoom and, and get together with friends virtually on the computer. Um, a lot of people are doing that these days. They're having Zoom parties. Um, you can call friends, the phone, and use it the old-fashioned way and actually make a phone call and catch up with people perhaps that you haven't spoken to in a long time. Um, I know a lot of people are on social media. What I have found is that Social media is a double-edged sword. Yes, we connect with people that we uh, might not otherwise um, connect with, that maybe we don't have their phone number, and but we see them on social media and we can send messages to them, and that's great. But there's a lot of negativity on social media. There's a lot of debating and arguing and, um, and a lot of, uh, people saying things that aren't true, a lot of misinformation. So be very careful and mindful with social media. 
Um, and, you know, perhaps if you don't have a friend's number, but you see them on social media, you can send them a message and ask for their phone number and ask, can I call you on the phone? And, and have a real conversation and hear their voice, which is really powerful. It's a lot more connection than just seeing writing on a post on social media. So, um, and then, you know, I was talking, we were talking about meditation. Well, that's really, really important to find a way to relax. And that is not just important for anxiety. We usually connect that with reducing stress, but it also helps with depression. And station is not really, you know, the, it's okay to sit in front of the television and watch a movie sometimes, but, but find time to actually relax without, um, without doing that, without having that outer stimulation, really spending time quieting your mind. Sit in, your, in a comfortable chair. Turn on some relaxing music. Close your eyes. Take some slow breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth just slowly, um, covering one of your nostrils while you inhale and then switching to the other nostril while you exhale is actually extremely relaxing. It actually resets your nervous system to breathe in through your left nostril and then out through your right nostril. I know it sounds kind of strange if you've never done it, but just try it and you'll see that it makes a difference. Um, Take a walk in nature. So if you have a park near you where there aren't a lot of people, or if you have a backyard that you can sit in or walk around, walk through your garden if you have a garden, or just look at pictures of nature, or look out the window if you have trees around you, or if you have flowers outside your window. Um, Petting an animal is also a way of relaxing your nervous system. So if you have a dog or a cat in your house, then spend some time with them. That will help to relax your nervous system and help to improve your mood. Um, And exercise is really, really important. Um, If you're feeling down, get up and do some exercise. Either walk outside or um, do some yoga, or download. There are so many free um, online exercises right now. People are posting things all the time. You can do it on YouTube. Just look up whatever kind of exercise that you like. You can look for specific types of exercise, or you can put in um, easy, medium, or difficult um, and get your heart pumping, get your breath um, coming in and out deeply, just get your muscles moving, and that will increase your mood, decrease your stress. Um, and make time to laugh. I know this is a difficult time, but laughter is the best medicine in the most difficult times. So, you know, find something that fits your sense of humor. Not everything, you know, not everybody laughs at the same things, but find something that fits your sense of humor. Watch it on television, read it, uh, read a funny book, get online and look for jokes. Um, call a friend and talk, tell a funny story. Um, when we laugh, like really, really laugh, we automatically release um, endorphins, which are those feel-good chemicals. And it also helps increase our immune system so that we actually can stay healthier. It decreases pain. It decreases muscle tension. And it increases a feeling of joy and optimism. And if you share something funny with another person, it actually increases your social connection. Um, Humor, sharing humor with someone else who shares your sense of humor is a way of 
feeling closer to someone, which is even at this time of social distancing, we can find ways to feel closer to other people, even if we can't see them right in front of us. Um, Spend some time thinking about what you're grateful for, um, looking for things throughout the day to be grateful for. As um, I like that idea that Dr. Devine was talking about, about finding the strawberries. You know, find something that you really appreciate. If you enjoy drinking a cup of coffee, appreciate that cup of coffee. I know it sounds silly, but... When you start to look at small things that you appreciate, then the bigger things start coming into mind. Um, You know, appreciating that you have a place to live, appreciating that you have good health, uh, appreciating your family, your loved ones. Um, You know, the research has found that when you spend time in appreciation every day, it will increase your mood um, and your physical well-being. It actually increases, boosts your immune system to be grateful for what you have and what's in your life. So um, it's hard to do that sometimes. The, the, what the research did find was that if you sit with a pen and paper, maybe keep a gratitude journal, that actually um, increases your ability to think of things that you're grateful for. And when you write them down, it, it sort of um, engraves that into your brain, into your heart. So start an, a gratitude journal. Um, and it's important that we don't run from the pain, that we realize that this is a painful time and that we accept our pain when we have it. Um, If we try to run away from pain or ignore it, um, it just comes back to bite us even harder. So if we sit with the pain, there's a meditation where you actually put your hand on your heart and you sit with the pain that you're feeling. Um, Within a few minutes, it starts to change. And you're able, you start to notice that you're breathing much more easily. And you can then, from there, start thinking about what you're grateful for. And try not to diminish other people's pain. Have compassion for pain that other people are going through. Because it's real. They're really feeling pain over something that is real. And when we can have compassion for each other, it makes it so much easier to deal with that pain. It makes it helps us to um, have a have that pain not last. It 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 changes. It transforms into something else. And when you start to feel that pain transforming, that's a good time to ask yourself, how can I turn this time into something of value? How can I use this time isolated um, to create value in the world? And I don't mean just like getting busy and, you know, making ourselves busy or feeling like now we have to do something really big. No, maybe creating value in the world has to do with figuring out what you can let go of when we get back into something that's more normal. Um, do do you really want to get back to every single thing that you were doing before? Most people were really stressed out. So maybe the value that you're creating is actually thinking of things that are, that you can let go of. Um, Making a decision to go back into the world, whenever that is, um, at a slower pace, now that you're learning how to slow down. And, of course, make sure to eat well. Eat some vegetables. Um, Don't binge eat on sugar because I know when you're stuck at home, it feels like that's the thing that you want to do. But that will increase your um, stress and it will impact your mood when you have the highs and lows of sugar. 
So try to eat as much healthy food as possible and try to get as much sleep as you can. Um, Sometimes meditating when you go to bed is the best way to fall asleep at night so that you can calm down your nervous system after hearing all of the news about what's going on during the day. And that's the other thing. Don't watch so much news. It's important to watch some news, to know what's going on and know what you need to do next, if, if anything, and then turn it off and don't watch it all day. Try to find things to do that that bring you joy throughout the day. Try to find some creative pursuits during the day or read a really good book. And as I said, laugh, catch up with friends, meditate, take a walk. On that note, um, Art, do you want to play some music before we go off the air? All right. Well, before Art plays some music, okay. All right, before Art plays some music, I'm going to let you know what's coming up next week, and then he can play us off the air. So next Sunday, May the 3rd, we'll be back with another show live from right here in Austin, Texas. And Bill Prasad, licensed professional counselor, will be joining us from Houston. And he'll be joining us to discuss the psychological impact of this pandemic and the impact of denial, as well as his article, The Guilting and Gaslighting of the American consumer. Very interesting article. Also from Los Angeles, California, the Belly Twins, Dina and Nina Badasha will be talking about their dancing lessons online and um, how that's going through these times. And if you want to hear tonight's program again and read the information from the show, get all of the links um, that we've discussed on the program, listen to previous programs, go to my website, drmaracarpel.com. And also for upcoming programs, follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Carpel, Your Golden Years. And you can listen to this evening's program as soon as in as soon as five minutes from now by going directly to Blog Talk Radio, B-L-O-G, talkradio.com slash Your Golden Years. And you can also listen on Apple Podcasts. This program was produced by Complex Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by neurologist and memory specialist Dr. Ronald DeVere and by Storyhouse. And special thanks to my guests, Dr. Jean Devine and Dr. Arnetta McKenna. And of course, thank you to Art. Thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night and inspiring week. And remember, youth has no age. Good night, everyone. Stay safe and stay home.
Any guidance offered by Dr. Carpell is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpell, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any of the information given on this show. 